a reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Rise up in splendor, Jerusalem. Your light has come. The glory of the Lord shines upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick clouds cover the peoples. But upon you the Lord shines, and over you appears his glory. Nations shall walk by your light, and kings by your shining radiance. Raise your eyes and look about. They all gather and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters in the arms of their nurses. Then you shall be radiant at what you see. Your heart shall throb and overflow. For the riches of the sea shall be emptied out before you. The wealth of nations shall be brought to you. Caravans of camels shall fill you. Dromedaries from Median and Ephah. All from Sheba shall come, bearing gold and frankincense, and proclaiming the praises of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. O God, with your judgment endow the king, and with your justice the king's son. He shall govern your people with justice, and your afflicted ones with judgment. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Justice shall flower in his days, and profound peace till the moon be no more. May he rule from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. The kings of Tarshish and the isles shall offer gifts. The kings of Arabia and Seba shall bring tribute. All kings shall pay him homage. All nations shall serve him. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. For he shall rescue the poor when he cries out, and the afflicted when no one is to help him. He shall have pity for the lowly and the poor. The lives of the poor he shall save. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. Brothers and sisters, you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for your benefit, namely, that the mystery was, known, was made known to me by revelation. It was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, and co-partners in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. The word of the Lord. 
Thanks be to God. We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn King of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising, and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people. He inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to be shepherd my, who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out, and behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, they prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. They prostrated themselves 
and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Perhaps of all of the celebrations during the Christmas season, the most iconic of all is today's solemnity of the epiphany of the Lord Jesus. And I believe it's because it brings to, to the fore all of the elements that really capture God's plan. This child, this Son of God, the Son of God, being brought into the world in a most surreptitious way, and yet in a way that was also pre-announced. Surreptitious in a, way, like a, in a covert way. Nobody expected it, but yet most ironically, those of the chosen people, especially the religious leadership, the scribes, Pharisees, the scholars of the law, they all were very well versed in the scripture that spoke of such a revelation. And yet what we find today is that those who are on the outside are the ones who are very much on the lookout. They are very much attuned to what is happening and those on the quote-unquote inside or aloof. And yet, we see ourselves today like children who are in wonder and awe at how this mysterious light, this constellation in the heavens appears, and yet it moves in a way, and it's moving in a way that is not not consistent with the laws of nature. And this is where we gain insight as to these magi coming from the east. And that's specified because the east is a land and territory of Gentiles. It is not of the chosen people. And yet we know this child to be born would be a light of revelation to the Gentiles. Remember the presentation of Jesus in the temple when the aged Simeon spoke prophetically over the child and also more personally to the mother of the child, Mary, regarding the sword of sorrow that would pierce her heart, her soul, that the thoughts of many might be revealed. So those who are outsiders, those who are Gentiles, come in search so as to express their faith and offer homage. Those on the inside who have the revelation, they are troubled and looking for ways to destroy the promised Christ of God. Irony of ironies. And yet this is the revelation. The manifestation, which is what the term epiphany means. And what might we glean from these three magi? First of all, we recognize these are men of learning. They would be consistent with, if you're familiar with the book of Daniel, the, every king in the pagan world had surrounded by, they were surrounded by a court of what they would call, sort of like what our president has as a secretary, you know, he has a cabinet 
of advisors for different things. It would be similar. But these men were gifted with the mystical, mystical insight. They would be able to uh, ascertain and interpret portents in the heavens, signs, perhaps even interpret dreams, see the deeper meaning of things. And so it's in this light that these men, these are not just somebody like you see outside the French, in the French Quarter, at the, outside the cathedral, with their tarot cards and reading palms and all this type of stuff, pushing themselves off as if they're, they're telling you something you don't already know. But yet people go to them and it's, oh, you know, I just felt, yeah, let's see how it's going to happen, what they're going to say. And they always speak in generalities that everybody, oh, you, you're going to be, you, you're looking for happiness. You're looking for, who isn't looking for happiness? Everybody's looking for happiness. Everybody's looking for peace and joy in their lives. And they say, well, yeah, Father, but you know, sometimes I said a, a, a broken watch or clock will give you the correct time at least twice in the course of a 24-hour day. Wake up. But it goes as it goes. These were not such. These were men of wisdom, of philosophy. They, were, they, they knew, they had begun to understand the science of how to discern the changing of seasons and how the stars in their alignment can indeed reveal certain things. But this one caught their attention. So the first thing we can learn from the Magi as a people of faith is that we all must be willing to do our part. We must be willing to do the work that we need to do in order to recognize the way God reveals himself to us. We have to be conversant in the faith, study the faith, be familiar with the word of God, be attentive to how God has revealed himself and continues to make himself known to us in this our day and time. So we must be willing to do. These men were men of learning. They were focused on what they held dear and what they were given a propensity for. Secondly, we must have humility because when we study something so much that we become so familiar with it, it can become as though, well, I've seen this before, I've heard this before. What's new? There's nothing new. We can become complacent and we lose the sense of wonder and openness to what might not necessarily fit in our categories. Although these men were learned in the, in the stars and so forth, they, they, they knew how to observe, this particular light did not, con it did not uh, conform to what they had come to understand. And yet they were humble enough. This is why the wise, we call a person who's truly wise, they're wise because every, in everything that they know, they know that they don't know everything there is to know. So they were humble enough to, to make allowance for something that they may not have been able to take, to take into consideration. And so they began to take close, attentive note of this particular portent. Third, they had a disposition of detachment. Think about some of the things that come about in our lives. You and I could have an opportunity to go and see a once-in-a-lifetime event. But in order to go to see this once-in-a-lifetime event somewhere, somewhere maybe far away from where we are, 
We must be willing to forego, in truth, to let go of a lot in order to go to that reality, to see that event. How many people refused the invitations of the king? Remember the parable Jesus taught. An event that was planned, that they had received invitations for, and then as it grew nearer and as everything was ready, they were once again beckoned, and yet they conveniently said, I, I, I know I said I would go, but you know, right now it's just not a good time. I'm busy. Please consider me excused. These men were willing to let go. They were willing to detach themselves from what they held so as to go and perceive what the divinity was revealing to the world. And they obviously were not disappointed. Maybe surprised, but not disappointed. And fourth, when we find ourselves face to face with such a revelation, with such a miracle of love, what are we prepared to offer the King? Are we willing to offer the greatest gift we can to our God made visible? Which is what? The totality of our whole person. The scriptures refer to that as the heart. Are we willing to give God our hearts? Today, on a very practical level, we all have an opportunity to move with the Magi, to move with those who are aware of the fact that they may be very learned with worldly wisdom, but apart from the revelation of the wisdom of God in the sacred text and the scriptures, we're, we're lacking. We don't have it all. We must put the two together. Faith and reason enable us to adore, to worship, to offer our very selves to the Lord. Three distinct gifts were brought by these kings. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold because he was of royal origin. Frankincense used as a means of worshiping a deity. He was the God and is the God-man. And myrrh, to anoint the one chosen by God, to anoint them in such a way because this particular king would manifest his great love for those he was sent to govern and rule, would do so by love and mercy to the point of dying. And so the myrrh is used to embalm the body, to apply what is necessary for its proper rest in the tomb. A tomb, in this case, which would give way to the life that has no end. So let us continue to pursue. Let us continue to do our part 
by striving to learn about the one who has made himself known to us through word and sacrament. Let us be humble enough. Let us cultivate the humility necessary to make allowance for what doesn't necessarily fit into the way I understand or think of things. God, more times than not, presents us with a challenge that will call us to make a self-sacrifice for something greater than oneself. Third, are we docile enough to let go of whatever I'm attached to, whatever I'm into at the time for something more or for someone else? And fourthly, am I prepared to give my whole life to the one who is life for love? God love you.